Good to see you this morning and welcome. Um, it would be a great idea if at the end of the service uh, you came and had a little look at what's on the stage at the front here because this is uh, material that I think Ben produced and was used by the children and young people in their prayer uh, room session on Friday evening. And it's, I've had a look at it and it is fabulous stuff. So do have a good look at that. Um, is there anyone who's not yet received a, a, a sheet that has got a prayer on it, an opening prayer that looks like this? Have you guys got one? You haven't got one of those? Okay. Um, oh, Brian, could you get a few more? That would be great, particularly for the um, band. So I wonder if we could all stand at this point. Now, I wrote this as a responsive prayer, but then I thought it would just be really good to read the whole thing together. So just wait till one or two people have got those. Just the guys at the front here, I think. These, of course, are all scriptures about the morning. So let's read together all the way through. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Thank you for your love, Father God. I rise early before the sun is up. I call out for help and put my hope in your words. Thank you for your love, Father God. Every day the Lord pours his unfailing love on me. Thank you for your love, Father God. Morning by morning he wakes me up and opens my understanding to his will. Thank you, Father God. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Thank you for your love, Father God. Great is God's faithfulness. His kindness begins afresh each morning. Thank you for your love, Father God. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. As they arrived, they saw the stone which was very large, had been rolled away. Thank you for your love, Father God, which we know every morning. I'm going to celebrate God's amazing love and his greatness as we sing hymn, the hymn, How Great Thou Art, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder. That's small at the moment but you know it so
seated. And I'd like to uh, give you another welcome uh, for those who've joined us. And so welcome. Tell you a little bit about this service. It's a different service. This is the fifth Sunday in the month. And on the fifth Sundays, we tend to have a service where different people contribute, either, either telling us what they're doing or what they've done, word of testimony, what God's been doing in their lives. So that's what's happening this morning. And so we need to be praying for those people. We've got uh, John and Veronica and Denise. Um, we've got Ian speaking, Philippa, David Lucas, and myself. So um, I think it's going to be a great service of finding out what God has been doing in the lives of people. And, you know, there's lots of great organizations we have in this church, and there's lots of you individuals who are doing God's work outside of the church. And I want to say something different today. I think that we as a church should really be taking on board what different people are doing for God in the community and so on, and really supporting those and those efforts and making them part of our church's work. So that's something that's really great, I think. So let's uh, uh, all together, no, let's just pray now together. Let's bow our heads. Our loving Father, we thank you for the gift of this place, for the gift of this church. We thank you for the gift of each other. We thank you for the gift of love in our lives. But we thank you most of all for the inestimable gift of the love of the Lord Jesus that he expressed for us in dying for us on the cross so that we might be able to know you, so that we might be able to come into your very presence and speak to you. And that is awesome. So Lord, we pray in this service as we hear different people speak and tell us their story, that you'll be with us. Help us to have open hearts and open minds so that we can listen to what you are saying through these people who speak to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, first of all, uh, kicking off for us is uh, our John and Veronica and Denise, or some of them, or all of them. So, that would be great if they could come up now. Good morning. I want to tell you about something that happens in Elsted at the school, the St. James School, every Thursday morning at 10 o'clock, a group of Christians gather together to present something to the school which is called Open the Book. What is Open the Book? This is what I have written here. Open the Book is a project to offer Bible stories as part of school life. It is a program of themed and dramatised Bible stories around 10 minutes long, which fit comfortably into assembly or collective worship in times at schools. 
Why does it exist? The Bible Society, we believe every child has a right to encounter the Bible. Since 1970, there's been a decline in Bible teaching in schools. It means children are missing out on the story that has played such a foundational role in British culture. Open the Book was developed in response to this as a simple, engaging way to offer Bible stories and the grand picture of the scriptures back into school life. It gives children the opportunity to discover the wonder and wisdom of the Bible for themselves. Open the Book began in Bedford in 1999 and the popularity of the program has been proven over the years as it continues to launch more schools every month. So, we in Elstead are privileged to be part of this Open the Book project. We are Christians within Elstead of mixed, different denominations come together to present Bible stories. And we all know a lot of Bible stories almost off by heart, don't we? But these children sometimes would never hear a Bible story unless it was presented to them by people such as us. So we are very thankful for the opportunity and the fact that we are welcomed into the school by the headmistress, who is a Christian, and we have support from the church, of course, and other local Christians. So we enjoy presenting these stories. I want to tell you about a particular story that I enjoyed helping to present, which was David the Giant Killer, David and Goliath story. Now, I've, I don't know why, but I like making props and I was challenged to make Goliath. <laughs> and I was brought up on a farm and we used to make scarecrows. And I thought, why not a very frightening scarecrow? So I made a, a cross with a very strong coat hanger across the shoulders. And I had to carry this effigy of Goliath, who was well armed and with a massive spear. By the way, I was almost stopped by a police car in the village. <laughs> The police slowed right down, and the passenger policeman looked like this at me, so he drove by. <laughs> and then he said, oh, go on. Else is like that, you know. <laughs> so anyway, it went very well. And Veronica was little David. I was massive Goliath. The, the thing that I remember most is the children are very small, a lot of them. They come within a few feet of us who are acting the part, and they sit there like this even more with Goliath, of course. And um, at the end, when David hits Goliath there with a stone, and Goliath falls down, I made quite a big thing, of, you know, and I fell down, and I, I just couldn't get up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost embarrassing, but <laughs> the children were able to sort of touch Goliath's hair <laughs> before I got up, so it made it quite amusing for the children. So, uh, I thought we'd just, Veronica, would just go through a bit of this Goliath story. Um, and uh, We begin by having somebody who introduces the story, and then the narrator. Um, and we would wear open-the-book T-shirts, which are very favoured. So, if you just read a little bit of the introduction, yeah. and then this is how we do it. Introduction, right. That's the narrator. In the Bible, we read about God's people 
choosing special... In the Bible, we read about people God chooses to do special jobs for him. Did you know that God doesn't only choose grown-ups? Today's story is about a boy, only so big, and a man who is this, no, this big. Let's find out what happens as we open the book and read David the Giant Killer. So we open the book and listen to the Bible story of Goliath and David. Goliath was big. He had to stoop to get through doorways. His head was always bumping up against the ceiling and his friends thought twice before inviting him to dinner. Goliath had a big spear, 10, lo 10 feet long at least, with a big iron point. And his bronze armor weighed 100 pounds or more and Goliath also had a big voice. And so the story unfolds. And we use the story, and the speaking parts come in. We get children to be involved. If I'm in the play, I would wear a scarf over my head. The children love to be part of it. And I just we make a lot of props and a lot of the things that the children use. So we might have a helmet. Short, short, Because <laughs> we'd have a smaller one for the children. You probably realise I have no kitchen foil left in my house. <laughs> or sellotape. <laughs> so that's how we would present the story and involve the children. My favourite story, um, I think I've told one or two of you, was The Road to Emmaus. And John and I walked from the back of the hall and the stranger came in from the side and we walked along chatting. I'd laid the table with lots of really nice pottery and fruit and bread, and the stranger came forward and he picked up the bread and blessed it and broke it. And the children were really attentive and we had discussed how Jesus could disappear. So in the rehearsal, we thought John and I could stand quite close together and he would go behind us and then behind the piano or under the table. So. Um, we carried on after the bread was broken and Tim, who was acting the part of Jesus, went behind us and we kept close to the piano. And then we said, that was Jesus. That was Jesus. Now, he's disappeared. He's gone. And a tiny boy in the front said, he's under the table. <laughs> so the children interact beautifully with us when we present the play. We're also, it's, it's National Prayer Weekend, and we're also very blessed because our great encourager is Di Coombs, and she just gives us a hug and says, that went well. And this weekend, Di has taken responsibility for the prayer box. We cover shoe boxes with one whole piece of wrapping paper appropriate to where we're placing it. I think you had monsters this year, dinosaurs last year for the school. And we collect the prayers from the boxes. We distribute across the village about six boxes now because it, it didn't work in the fish and chip shop or the spa shop. And so we, we limit it now to half a dozen. And we get together as a group with the Catholic community and others that we work with and open the boxes and pray these amazing prayers that people place in the boxes. So we meet tomorrow night and we would really be glad of your prayers for that. 
The other end of the toddler spectrum are the old people. We also go into the village care home um, to speak to people, just to befriend them, to present a, a, a Bible reading, hymns and uh, prayers with them. And they so appreciate this. We do it once a fortnight as a group. And um, again, uh, we have an elderly resident called Phyllis who's 107 years old. And she's absolutely amazing. And we sing familiar hymns that, that are known to them. And that um, is such a blessing. And we never forget how privileged we are to go into these places who don't really have to have us but seem to welcome us. And we just want God to be glorified through everything that we do because it's so important to tell people about Jesus. Thank you. We're going to sing um, Everyone Needs Compassion. We thank uh, Veronica and uh, John and Denise for being our ambassadors there in Elstead and making such a difference to that village. During this uh, song, uh, we'll take up our collection for the tubes. And I'm sure some of our money this time, which is for, partly for disaster relief, will be for the tsunami and earthquake in Sulawesi, Indonesia. So if some people could come up to take those round, that would be just great. So let's stand and sing Everyone Needs Compassion. Everyone needs compassion Love that's never failing needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Take me as you find me, all my fears and failures, fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in, now I surrender. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine light. 
blessings this morning. I don't know uh, this morning how you understand that term blessing. I woke up this morning and uh, I happened to look out of the house this morning and I saw the sun shining on the trees. I know it's beginning to turn this autumn but I was drawn to Psalm 19 where it says the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. We have a God who is a creator, and I just thought about that this morning. As many of you know, I journal, and uh, this week uh, I had a phone call uh, from uh, my uh, youngest son. Uh, Unfortunately, we won't be here next Sunday. Uh, Diane and I have a, a, a wedding to go to on the Saturday Um, And it's uh, my youngest son, uh, called Matthew, uh, who is going to be married to Amy. And uh, Matt very kindly said, Dad. And I thought, hello, what's going on? And uh, of course, and uh, he said, "Um, I'd like you to uh, bless Amy and I at our wedding. And of course, after a huge amount of time, like one second, I said, of course, of course I'd love to bless Amy and Matt and Amelia and Olivia at your wedding. So what a wonderful privilege that is next weekend to pray a blessing on Matt and Amy and the grandchildren. I'd like just to record a story about a young man that I encountered um, a few weeks ago during the time of prayer we have in September. I don't know what happens in your life, but sometimes you find yourself really, really busy and like the, like the phone goes or the email comes in or, you know, like someone knocks at the door. Well, for me, I would just have to be in the kitchen cooking. Could you believe that? Me in the kitchen cooking. So there I was, apron on, full tilt, you know, like everything was cooking and all the rest of it, and the doorbell goes. So I'm like put everything down to low, dashed to the door, and there was this man at the door, and he said, "Um, I've got some things here which I would like to sell you. And he looked really worn out, and he just said, look, I've got to the end of my day, um, could you please give me some money for some things that I've got in my bag? So as a rule, in my head, I don't normally give money. But I just said to this man, 
do you know what? I want to give you a gift. So I said, if you just wait here for a moment, I'll go and get something for you. And this man looked a bit puzzled. And he thought, what was coming here? So I went and got a gift, and I gave it to this man. And I looked into his eyes, and I said, this is for you. It's a gift. I want to bless you. He looked into my eyes, and I looked into his. And his next words were, I've been on an Alpha course. And it all tumbled out. He said, there's all sorts of things that I've been involved with. But he said, God is actually bringing me round to himself. And I just thought for a moment, I could have missed an opportunity there to share something. And his name's Josh. And uh, we left on really good terms. He was just a lovely man who had just been touched by God. And he now wants to do something with his life. So that's someone who I just met the other day on my doorstep. I want to just finish with um, a journal entry which I made uh, on the 20th of September. It's a famous hymn, and some of you may know that hymn. It says, When upon life's billows you are a tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings one by one. God has blessed us through Jesus Christ, but also we can bless others. We're going to be standing up to sing our next uh, hymn, which is Let the King of My Heart. Let's stand to sing this uh, lovely chorus and hymn together.
volunteers to support refugee families in the area, I've had the privilege of working with a team of volunteers to support a refugee family who've arrived from war-torn Syria. After one year of living in the area, their needs were so great that those supporting them until that point were exhausted and overwhelmed. The family was traumatized by all that they had gone through and the loved ones that they had lost. And whilst they needed to get acclimatized to their new surroundings, a new language, different culture, etc., etc., they were not emotionally in a place to help themselves. They were, of course, there were, of course, outstanding health issues that needed addressing now that their immediate need was not survival. My role is to respond to the needs on a week-by-week -week basis. So I may arrive expecting to accompany mum and her youngest child to a parent and toddler group, but actually may end up accompanying her to a GP or a hospital appointment to help her grasp what is being said. After all, we all appreciate having someone there when we visit the doctor or a hospital, and we, and, and we speak English. <laughs> I have also been involved in helping the family to organise their toys, belongings and home. They have been given so much by people wanting to help in whatever way they can. But the truth is that when you've come from nothing and you've lost everything, it's hard to know how to value what you have. I have loved supporting this lovely mum. Gradually her English and her confidence is improving which is making visits and relationship building easier. And we're beginning to have some good laughs together. Trust is building, which in turn enables her towards gradually developing independence. I love being part of such a willing team around the family. Each of us has different expertise to bring to the task. And since all of us lead busy lives, <laughs> We appreciate not feeling guilty if we cannot do more than the time we've committed in any one week. I am loving serving God by giving my time, energy, talents and love, my service to him in this way. 
Whilst in France recently, we were in a church where a poster caught my eye. It was a Roman Catholic church, and, it, and the poster was heralding the Diocese of Poitiers', Poitiers mission to go out into the world. The image on the poster and the wording underneath caught my eye and my heart. And this is what it said. I'll give you the English. Dot, 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 dot. Because the world has such need of hope. The poster was asking people to give specifically money. And the image showed a group of young people responding joyfully to the call of God on their lives. I couldn't move away from this image as, it, as I reflected on the message that our Christian response to the great needs of our broken world is to give willingly and joyfully. After a time, we moved on with our tour of churches in the city to another church just up the road from there, and there we found another poster in the same series. The image was of a group of young people praying, and the message underneath read... Dot, 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 dot. Because the world has such need of peace. Similarly, I stood and reflected on the message that our Christian response to the great need of our broken world is to give willingly and prayerfully. I really thank God for all that he has done in this family's life, in this mother's life, and in all the ways he has enabled me to be part of their integration into the local area. Thank you. And we're going to sing now again, and we're going to sing In Christ Alone, My Hope is Found. And then that will be followed by David speaking to us. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when
bursting forth in glorious name. Up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, Richard for the chance to spend a few minutes telling you about uh, my recent visit to our Mechanics for Africa College in Zambia. As you know, earlier this year, Harry and Sarah Weld Forrester uh, took over the running of the college from Jason and Claire Stonia. Uh, the trustees interviewed uh, Harry and Sarah. Um, it must have been around about a year ago, uh, but that was on Skype when they were working at a refugee camp in Tanzania, and uh, I'd never met them, so for quite some time I'd planned uh, five days at MFA because I wanted to meet them face to face. Uh, their lovely children, by the way, are Daisy and Hamish. Now, a number of our college buildings have been paid for by a charity called the Bite Trust, with your help and a grant of £30,000 from the Bike Trust, we've been building uh, a bigger classroom block at the college. Uh, here's the block and uh, the three classrooms. It means that from next year we'll be able to take on quite a few more students, but for very little extra cost. And just a few days before I was due to go to Zambia, Harry contacted me to say that the Bike Trust wanted to make an inspection visit to make sure we were spending their money well. Unfortunately, the date coincided with the time that I was there. As the new buildings were pretty much complete, we decided we would turn their inspection visit into our official opening ceremony, and it really did work out very well. So the uh, Bike Trust visitors arrived, the party was greeted by our college administrator, Emmanuel. He's the, he's the one with the crutch. He had polio as a child. The party included uh, representatives of the uh, Zambian uh, Bike Trust. Uh, he's the guy who looks a bit like he's escaped from an Indiana Jones movie. Uh, as it must be said, so does Harry from time to time, but I think 
Uh, that's how white men in Zambia see themselves. They're, they're, they're the sort of people who get inspiration from four by fours. Uh, <laughs> while our MFA staff took them on a tour of the workshops, uh, the students and the rest of us waited in the shade. Then came the speeches. Now, every Zambian event I've ever been to has endless speeches. So some cross-cultural negotiation had taken place. I'd conceded a lot of speeches, yes, we can have those just as long as they're very, very short speeches. So there was a chance that we could all end up as winners. Harry welcomed everyone and praised Fred. Fred is on the right. Fred is our wonderful maintenance man. He's been with us for over 10 years and he managed the entire build himself over the last 18 months or so uh, with uh, some uh, local part-time labour as well. Then we had the Zambian National Anthem. Uh, well, we figured three classrooms, so why not three ribbons to cut and three different guests of honour. Now, the Bite Trust, which is based just up the road in Woking, had sent a former diplomat, Sir Andrew Pocock, to review their activities in uh, southern Africa. Uh, so, uh, sensibly, of course, uh, being from the UK, he, uh, it's 30 degrees in the shade, and he turned up in the sort of um, jacket you wear for such weather. Uh, but uh, he, uh, he, we bagged him to open classroom number one, which of course didn't give him much option other than, declare, other than to declare that MFA is of course a magnificent example of their charitable money being very, very well spent. He, he cut the ribbon beautifully and uh, before the door was finally opened, he was impressively witty about the fact that no one had thought to unlock it in advance. <laughs> uh, there was good-natured but ironic whistling and cheering from the students and a bit of business with uh, a large bunch of keys before the door was finally opened and Sir Andrew was able to declare that though he was the first to enter the classroom, he certainly wouldn't be the last. Uh, the desks, by the way, were made locally and paid for by last year's Christmas appeal. Classroom number two, that was opened by Tendai Ngoma. Tendai had been selected by the students herself. She was a graduate of 2017, a terrific choice. She has a sparkling personality and gave a wonderfully warm, lively and short speech. This was received with such enthusiasm and approbation that the students broke into stong, song and dance. And this infection spread to Kangwa Puta. I will tell you about Kangwa. She joined in with them, while of course us whiteys sort of shuffled awkwardly and, and clapped out of time. <laughs> let, let me tell you about Kangwa. Kangwa is a recent appointee as a Zambian trustee. She's one of those sort of force of nature type people, immensely well connected at the political level, which we need because that, I'm sure, is going to be very important and valuable for the future. 
So Kanga was our choice for cutting the third ribbon. She gave a speech, not too long. She cut the ribbon, and then there was more dancing while the bridal party went inside and tried to make interesting and, and intelligent conversation about mass ranks of computers. All that was a bit challenging. Um, this really is, though, a vast improvement on what we had before, and thank you all very much for helping to make it happen. Though the computers have been donated for free by UK companies, the computer suite itself is by far and away our most expensive classroom because of all the wiring and techie bits to make it work, and the costs of that were covered by you with last year's Christmas appeal. So then we all had tea and cake. And just as I was thinking how well it had all gone, uh, Kangwa made another speech. It was a longer speech this time. There were fulsome expressions of thanks to our guests. UK donors, I tell you, you got a very, very big mention. So did the staff, so did the students, so did the bike trust and the president of Zambia. And the truth is, though, it was a long speech, despite my fears, it did go down very well. And the inspirational bit came at the end of her speech, when Kangwa announced that she and the female students had got together and written a song in praise of the Bike Trust. Now, she's obviously got her eye on the next grant that we might get. So there was more singing in Bemba, more dancing and great happiness all round. And Sir Andrew told me he'd be seeing the British High Commissioner tomorrow and will put in a good word for us and that can't, uh, can't hurt. So I, I feel so very privileged to be able to see so directly the effect uh, that your support has on the lives of our young students. Uh, while I was there, I gathered some uh, audio recordings, which I hope I'll be able to share with you in coming weeks. Uh, Bridget Kapanda. Bridget's such a lovely person. She lives in the grimmest and poorest and most miserable part of Ndola. Uh, it was her father who inspired her to want to become a motor mechanic, because uh, that's what he was. He uh, ran a small garage. Uh, he died when she was eight, and as eldest daughter, with her mother and grandmother, she's been trying to look after the family of seven. Uh, I'll share more of her story, or, well, she will actually, in her words, with you another time. This is Fred. Fred Chisala, a bright, bright young man, wonderfully articulate, and I hope I'll be able to introduce him to you when he'll be describing the transforming impact that uh, Mechanics for Africa has had on him and his fellow students. Uh, so your college is expanding. Our students are in very high demand. Thank you for your support. We'll need more sponsors. If you know anyone who can help, please share with them too the enormous satisfaction of being able to help transform the lives of these young people. And then back to the original purpose of my visit. 
Harry and Sarah are really terrific people. They're doing a wonderful job for us. So please pray for them and that MFA will continue to do what the Lord wants us to do. Thank you very much. And we come to our Bible reading for today, which is uh, from Matthew's Gospel and chapter 5 and at verse 13. <clears throat> you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by everyone. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before people that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The little story I wanted to bring is about... um, an organisation that uh, I'm trying to start up. Um, Derek Holbert, who we've talked to you about and has come preached here and is now uh, a vicar in uh, Hazelmere, uh, he and I both had a real heart for young people. And last year we were called upon to do a large piece of work in the Chichester Diocese, and that got us thinking and talking. And what we've tried, what we are trying to set up is an organization that might be called um, Healthy You, Healthy School, or it might be called something else, or it might be called that for this year and have a different title next year. Um, and it's got three purposes that are all about bringing the kingdom of God into schools and into young people. And the first one is addressing the problem of lots and lots of young people who become teachers giving up that job within the first year or the first five years, which is so sad, and seeking to give them resilience and tools in order that that doesn't happen. I actually work for an organisation that trains teachers, and our organisation, we have a very, very high retention, and, you know, we want to share what what perhaps is done right in that organisation more widely. So that's the first one. The second one is about young people themselves, children and young people. And you're probably aware that so many young people are now suffering from mental health problems. And actually lots of organisations are working with them and we want to do something locally in that area. Uh, And so we are in touch with various GPs and people like that and we're hoping that through them and through... Uh, those speaking to head teachers and teachers that will be able to reach young people with mental health problems. And the third strand is about simply about making schools happier and healthier and more loving and more kingdom of God places with gospel values, whether or not they're church schools. And you know what? I go around lots and lots of schools and some schools get that so right And some schools get that so wrong. 
there was a secondary school not within 20 miles of here that put all its, uh, not all of it, but a good number of its year seven children who had joined the school that day in detention for an hour and a half on the first day because their skirt was that much too short. It was on Southern television, actually, that because it was so disgraceful. You know, that is not about kingdom values. So we're trying to do that sort of thing uh, so that we are going to be working again with head teachers, we hope, and just bringing that whole idea of what Jesus said, that he was humble and gentle of heart. We want those sorts of values of humility and gentleness and kindness and love. And please don't think that that sort of, you know, being too idealistic, it really isn't. It's getting those uh, attitudes and the fruit of the Spirit into schools. And we're very passionate about that. Now, we don't know whether this is going to work. We're very, very pleased that uh, CWR at Waverley Abbey are sponsoring the whole thing for us and uh, allowing us to use their buildings and all their uh, advertising things so that we can get the message out to people through that. So it's really, really exciting, and I'd be very happy to uh, bore you individually at length about it, um, but it's really, it is an interesting thing. Um, and I'm thinking about that reading I've just talked about. Everything that people have talked about today, um, John and Veronica and Denise, uh, Ian, Philippa, David, all of that is about being salt and light and bringing the kingdom of God into situations. It's really interesting that Philippa used those uh, uh, little bits of French that we saw in the French churches there, and, uh, and she sort of had a good translation, and that was a good example of uh, translation working well. My friend uh, runs a church in France, and sometimes one week he preaches in French, or another week he preaches in English. Both are translated, and he said it's disappointing, because the translation never really gets to the heart of what he's saying. Uh, however well it's done, it somehow doesn't work. I love words, really love words. I was so excited yesterday, David, but I didn't say it, that we used three times the only word in the English language that has three double letters in a row. Okay? So no one's going to listen to the rest of my little talk now because you're going to be thinking, what is the only word that has three double letters in a row in the English language? But I suspect David knows probably because he probably was excited about that as well. I also love words from other languages that sort of have crept into our language. And today, would you believe it, it is International Translation Day. It's always some sort of day, isn't it? But today is International Translation Day. I just want to say a very quick word about this. This is being a bit naughty because we're not supposed to have a talk, but I just couldn't resist this. And I wonder if you like these. Germans are great at having words that uh, sort of sum something up. So uh, zeitgeist. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Great word, zeitgeist. It means the sort of feeling for the time. So you could say in the 1960s, there was a great sort of zeitgeist about sort of freedom and love and everything. And, and that dreadful word, which I hate, the concept of it, which is schadenfreude. I'm sure you all know schadenfreude, which is where you gain pleasure from another person's misfortune. 
but, you know, we don't have a word for that because I suppose we hopefully don't do it very much, but... Anyway, I won't continue that sentence. Uh, I learned some words over the last two or three days uh, as well um, that just sort of say some quite interesting things. One quick one I'll get over because the other three make quite an interesting point is l'esprit des... Sorry, I should be able to pronounce this much better than that. L'esprit de l'escalier, which sort of directly translated in, the front, in French is the spirit of the stairway, which is a bit strange, but it actually refers to the um, situation when you meet someone and they say something to you and you think of a witty or maybe sarcastic or sharp remark in response, but you think of it too late after they've passed. <laughs> that is quite a lot to get into that little two words, isn't it? So that was great. Okay, so then there's a, a lovely word um, which is called so, uh, sabramisa. Sabramisa. Anyone know what it means? Anyone know what language that might be? Sabramisa. I saw someone say it's Spanish. Okay, it's Spanish. And actually, when I then looked it up on sort of wiki dictionary, it said this is an untranslatable Spanish delight. This word is an untranslatable Spanish delight. And there's, a, there's a, a little word. This is the best we can do as a translation. It's the time after a meal that, that is spent laughing, chatting, and sharing before you clear the table. And they actually have a word for that, you see. So we're talking... So isn't that great? You know, the idea of your family or whatever, your guests talking, laughing and sharing and the Spanish love doing that so much they have to have a word for it, you see so we probably clear off the table and so on and so forth um, here's another word which is a lovely word and this word is uh, I wrote this down um, phonetically so I'd pronounce it properly stapna, stapna that's a Hindi word and it literally means laying down a foundation but actually they use it for establishing a relationship. They use it for meaning laying down a foundation for your life, what you're going to base your life upon. So, of course, all of what we were talking about, like Ian talking to Josh, you know, it's all about establishing a relationship with Jesus. And that is sort of the key thing. And the final word that... Um, is in fact Egyptian Arabic, is uh, Navatuna, Navatuna, and it actually it's, it means welcome, but it means much more than that. The word means how they understand it. It means you have brought light into our lives. You have brought light into our lives. Or it might mean you have enlightened us. So all the things that the people who've spoken today are trying to do is to bring the Christ light into people's lives in different ways, through, you know, through MFA, through the school, through relationships, meeting people, and being Christ in that situation. And, you know, yeah, you'll get that knock on the door sometimes where it's someone trying to sell something, and... I've had a similar experience to Ian. And, and it's just a great opportunity. And 
we can bring Christ into any situation. And that idea of you have brought light to us, and because Jesus has brought light to us, we can give light out to other people. We're going to pray together now. We're going to pray for what we've heard and what we've been talking about. Father God, as we come to you this morning, we just want to pray about our schools, and we pray that your word, your message, would continue to be given in schools. And Lord, we do thank you so much for people like John and Veronica and Denise who volunteer and come into schools to share your message. Particularly, we pray for the initiative of Open Book and all the uh, great effects that has had right across the country. Lord, we just praise you for that. And Lord, we thank you for Ian, and we thank you that you just gave him the heart to just use his initiative and respond so beautifully to, jo- for, to Josh there. And Lord, we pray for that young man, that he might continue to follow you. Lord, we pray for... Uh, Alpha, the Alpha course, we pray for the Alpha course that's taking place at the Catholic Church in our village and for our Alpha course that might be starting in January and Lord, for all people taking part in Alpha. But Lord, help us to take opportunities when we see them and not to uh, just do the normal British thing. Lord, we pray so much for Philippa and for the work she's doing with the Syrian family And for all the other people involved in that, that's all based around the local council of churches. And Lord, we thank you for the love that they have shown that Syrian family and that the Syrian family might be aware of that. We thank you for this group of people who are being your hands and your eyes and your uh, presence with people. And Lord, we do pray for David. I thank you so much for all he does in keeping Mechanics for Africa really going so strongly. We do pray for Harry and Sarah and for all the tremendous staff team out there in Andola. And Lord, not only teaching people to be good mechanics, but teaching them to be good citizens and teaching them how to follow Christ. And so, Lord, we pray for those. Lord, I also pray for the organization that Derek and I are organizing, Lord, that that might bring a di- make a difference in schools and a difference to children and a difference to teachers. And so, Lord, we are excited that we see your spirit at work in the world. Lord, help us to be the sort of people who uh, welcome you in, who welcome you and the light that you bring into our lives. Lord, we pray that we will be people who will have laid down firm foundations of our lives in you. And we pray for your continued blessing upon our church. We bring these intercessions in Jesus' name. Amen. Last song today is How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Please stand and sing. Deep the fall. 
Service has just about come to an end now, and uh, after the service, we'd warmly invite you to come through to the back and uh, share a cup of coffee or tea with us, and that would be great. Uh, if you would like prayer about anything that's been said this morning or anything in your life you would like prayer for, please do come from the front, and there'll be people who'd be very pleased to pray with you. And uh, for this week, Let's go out and wherever we are, seek to bring the kingdom of God to people and their lives and to share our gospel values that Christ has given us as we've let the Christ light into our lives. And let's say the grace to each other, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.